Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, how are you? Thank you for coming back. Thank you for joining us. It's a lovely day. I'm going to tell you that right now. I think in both cities where we are, across from me, as always, is Cyrus Amundsen. Slim, trim, the best shape of his life and back from the second leg of the Burt Kreischer Furley. Furley? Furley? God, start the show over. Fully loaded tour. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who put his beard at a length that doesn't look like he's sitting in a boat trying to shoot waterfowl. The daddy's back in the building. You got, you look so fucking hot right now. You look in all these pictures. Listen to me. In all these pictures, you look, you look, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, and this is a compliment. You look midlife crisis hot. (laughs) Can I tell you something else? Yeah. I hope I'm in my midlife. Because that puts me at a solid 96. That'd be a good run uh, for you, yeah. That would be a good run. Whoa, sorry about that. I'm at 122. Yeah. I did the math wrong. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just yeah, figured this, you didn't know what this, mid means. This furly loaded tour that you speak of oh, furly loaded. is, you know what I think is probably smart? Because we didn't get clearance to say it. So if we say furly loaded, it's like we're off. We, yeah. We don't have to worry about it. Don't have to deal with lawyers. But this thing is outrageous. I think I said this before. But Bert and his wife, Leanne, and their entire staff have created. So <clears throat> when you start off doing comedy, the, the people, the, the comedians that are older than you, but are really road tired, right? They've been kicked in the dick by the road for 20 years. They'll look at you and they'll go, you know, they're doing all this hack material and they're doing all this shit. And you go, oh, you're just doing like, you're just changing the words of songs, right? You look at them with a little bit of disdain and they go, you're not going to, hey, you're not going to reinvent the wheel, buddy. You're not going to reinvent the wheel. What, what Bert and his wife and this team have done, I do believe they've reinvented the wheel at least of touring comedy wise. Because this is fucking crazy. I mean, you're doing... 12,000 people and and it's not like so I used to open for some of the blue collar guys and you would you would do 20 minutes to people with their legs crossed and their hands in their lap waiting to see Ron White right they were like we are not about to expend an ounce of energy laughing at your stupid fucking jokes because we are waiting until Ron White comes out. The sort of the sort of energy where a man has his arms crossed, his legs crossed, and his dick tucked so deep, it's almost touching his own butthole, which we're worried he has rules about, you know. Yeah. So but that's just he's it's a level of closed off that you you rarely see when you uh open for right. someone like that. Right. But but what and I know it's gonna seem like I'm really fluffing Bert's nuts here, but it it was a wild experience because he has fans where you know you think about you th- you think when you go to perform in front of someone else's crowd that it's gonna be they're gonna shut down or they're gonna be a certain way, but they are just comedy fans. Yeah, and so you get there and they are so open and receptive. Um, we'll go through the tour because I do have some things that I think are kind of neat, but. Um, but it, it was, it was wild to, to get out there and, and do this thing. And then, so it's after the shows, they have a local meal, right? Um, Sean Patton, I think one of the funniest people on the planet, his family has a, a catering company in, in New Orleans. 
<clears throat> and we get to the after party and it's being catered by that company. I mean, it was just really, I don't know, man. It's, it's when we were in Memphis, we had ribs. We were in Oklahoma city. We had Waterburg. I mean, it was like all of these local, when you go there, it's almost like when the locals ask you, Hey, have you had fill in the blank? Mm -hmm. And then that's what they get to cater the show afterwards. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, I I don't think we need to be worried about fluffing Bert's nuts in a way that seems disingenuous when we have... I think we lead the league in nut fluffing. I would think so. We're yeah. the sort of guys who, the way we promote, we we have a long history of nut fluff. We do. And, and um, you know, I, I, I would rather be a nut fluffer than one of these tear down the people guys not listen i'll nut tear down ruiner. the public yeah let me tell you this shit okay 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 i am flying to so i have a flight to huntsville alabama on the day of the show roll tide then bert texts me and he goes hey any chance you could come in a night early so we could golf early in the morning Bargetsi's going to be down there. And so let's all golf. Right. And Nate and I have been talking about golfing together for a long time. Nate golfs with like all these pro, whatever. Uh, so I've always wanted to golf with him to see if it holds up. Sure. And he has a perfect swing. I have such a homemade swing. It's disgusting. Yeah. But you, it does. You look like a guy who somebody's grandpa, some old man told his son about golf, never saw it, but told yeah. his son about golf. And then that right. guy told his son about golf, and none of them saw it, but that guy taught you how to golf. Yeah, I, I'm not very flexible, like. so I have, I have different checkpoints yeah. that real golfers have. Yeah. So it does look absolutely ridiculous, but I'm going to tell you a story about that in a little bit. So I, I'm get, I get to the airport. I'm going to tell you, it was like 45 minutes before my flight, and I had to check golf clubs. So that's pretty insane. Yikes. Um, I get there. <clears throat> I wheel my clubs in. I'm lucky I get to go in the fast line. And so they call me over. I give the lady my phone that has my boarding pass to my new flight to Nashville one day early. Mm -hmm. Okay. She does that. And it, without anyone knowing, it brings up my flight the next day to Huntsville. Does that check? Are you following? So when she prints out my my tag for the clubs, it's for my Huntsville flight, gotcha. which is too late. So then, so while she's doing that, this guy comes up with a cart, like, like the oversized article cart. Mm -hmm. And we're just talking and I go, hey man, if you want, I can roll these down. He goes, nah, it's late. I got nothing to do. Because this flight was at 8 or 9.30 at night. Okay. And so... He's like, I have nothing to do. I don't mind hanging out here. So then she tags my clubs. I put them on the cart and he goes, no way. Are you from Huntsville? And I was uh... like, no. <clears throat> and he goes, I'm from Huntsville. And I saw the Huntsville airport code. So I just wanted to ask. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to Huntsville. I'm going to Nashville tonight. And so then without him being there, my clubs would have been shipped and would have been late. Yeah. So now I'm thinking, score. Yep. I am ahead of the game on this travel day. One zero, Chad. Exactly. It takes me 40 steps to go back to even because I go over to TSA PreCheck. I'm a spoiled bitch and they're roping it off. And so I go, uh, why are you roping this off? And he's like, TSA is closed. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I go into the clear area 
thinking they'll walk me through TSA. Nope. So now my rage is at the tip of I can my it's like my hat is breathing. It's coming off my head a little bit. Just like you can see my pulse through my hat. Sure. Which is pretty wild. And so they're walking me over to the poor line. Just kidding. But you get it. Do I mean, over. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Over with the red. I paid for TSA pre-check. I want to use TSA pre-check. So there's a lady there. And you're, I not go, a, you're not what? a construction worker. <laughs> I just travel. A that's lot. what that's you said. All. That's what you, you were implying that you're not. Exactly. Blue collar. Yeah. Anyone that's not a comedian sucks. That's what you, I was trying to get across. You're not the sort of person who's sitting in the audience watching the blue collar comedy tour. You're better than that. So you're, yeah. Yeah. I'm busy <laughs> on stage eating shit for 20 minutes. Okay. So excuse me if I want to fucking hurry up and get yes. to my plane. Yes. Okay. So um, they're, they're bringing me through to the non-TSA thing. And I see a lady and I go, hey, how come this isn't open? And she goes, with a ton of attitude. All I did was ask her this question. And she goes, we close at a certain time. And so I go, do you think the certain time should be after all the fucking flights are gone? (laughs) And then she goes, (laughs) yeah, I know. I was like, it took me one second of stupidity to snap. Yeah. And so she goes, excuse me? And I go, don't you think it's silly that you're closing a line that people pay for before all the flights are gone? And she goes, we close at a certain time. I go, I heard you. I go, is that the only... Is that the only rebuttal they gave you on a card? Is that the only thing you get to read? Like, if I ask you what your favorite color is, are you going to say, we close at a certain time? You're like a fucking robot. Is AI running TSA? That's a lot of letters. Probably confusing. I know. You close at a certain time. So I'm fucking just spiraling out of control. Sure. I I get to the line. They go, uh, shoes off liquids out now my liquids are buried in a suitcase that takes me all of my weight and bouncing to close right it's one of those hard shell oh yeah and so i'm like i'm like fucking a so i leave them in there i leave them in because someone else can open the fucking can of peanuts that has the snake in it i'm not gonna have it explode in my face so i leave it in And I take my shoes off and I am behind. And by the way, I now have 35 minutes before my plane takes off. Whose fault is that? It is my fault. Chad's fault. It is my fault that I got there too late for TSA. It is my fault that I am am almost late for my flight. Do I take any of that into consideration until I am sitting on the plane and calm down? No, I don't. Absolutely not. Why would I? Zero. So I am behind a bunch of teenagers that are going on a God trip that have never been outside of their homeschool classroom. Never. They weren't, they're not allowed to go outside because of the sun damage. They're not allowed because a person might steal them in a van. They're learning math from their folks. And they. Mom, is these one of those to. stores you warned me about? Yes. I mean, it was fucking wild that they each individually had to go through the rules. So I'm just sitting there tapping my shoeless fucking toe on the ground. And I'm just like, we got to fucking go. Meanwhile, I see this lady come over that I had been talking to. And she's like whispering into the ear of the woman doing the x-rays. 
And so not only does my bag with the liquids get pulled, my other bag gets pulled and they have to go through all of it. Oh. They have to go through all of the shit. So I get through. I'm dangerously close to missing my flight because now I have 20 minutes and the boarding door closes 15 minutes before the flight takes off. So I'm like, oh, we got to go. They are meticulously going through my shit. By the way, super funny, when they pop my suitcase, it did startle them. That's how jammed up it was. So they're opening all my shit, going through all my stuff. They're reading every ounce count on my liquids. Really? It was fucking in, yeah, insane. And the ladies there is it, just did they, is it cuz they heard, they overheard you being a dick and they're like put this guy through No, the she came and reported me. She came and asked. It, here's what I think happened. She came and asked for them to pull my bag. That's what I'm which saying. Which is like yeah. Kind inappropriate. Of a funny thing. It's inappropriate. Inappropriate. A little funny super, once you're super super funny. Very uh, what you and I would do in that situation. Yeah, exactly. And so uh she She's smirking at me and I go, I don't think you're allowed to do this. And she said, I work for the government. And I go, oh, you forgot your air quotes. And she goes, what would I air quote in that sentence? And I go, all of it. Work, <laughs> government. I mean, like, just like all of it. So now everyone, I am attracting fucking TSA agent because they have nothing to do right I mean they are closing this thing I'm on the last flight out yeah they're closing TSA so now I'm attracting TSA agents like flies to shit and they're all like what's going on over here I'm like fucking TikTok, bitches and so I said I go so what happens like where where is your where do you uh have domain and they go up until that carpet we make the rules and I'm like yeah no problem so I just sit there, I answer questions, I'm super nice. I'm taking a little bit of like snarky fire from people. Mm -hmm. I don't react. And then when I get to the carpet, I turn around, double guns, fuck you. <laughs> just like, fuck you. And then I took my shit and ran to my door. <laughs> now, luckily, someone was on a connecting flight that they had to wait for. Oh, nice. So... So the deal is, you know, you have to wait for the bags to transfer. And so that was what saved me. And it was just wild as shit. I get to Nashville, everything's fine. But it was that was pretty crazy that I mean, and it's all my fault for getting there late. Sure. But absolutely. sometimes and if my if my kids or anyone they know are listening to this, please, please fast forward 30 seconds. I want to have sex. Okay. So I get to Nashville. Everything's fine. Do you have any questions? A thousand. Um, okay. I, there is, I find there to be such a dichotomy. I'm trying to learn how that, what that word means. So tell me if I used it right. Sure. I find there to be okay, such well, have, yeah. a dichotomy between personality types at TSA. Like everyone takes it seriously, but there is no real middle ground on how people handle moments like you gave them there's either people right. who are like dude relax there's the people like come on man I i've been working at the airport for 20 years don't ruin my day come on relax and then there are people who are like yeah. i'm gonna fucking ruin you i work for the government you ready to get taken down a peg like there's and there's no middle ground there's lax yeah there are or there insane. are people 
Yes. There are people that will look at a five ounce container, which is over, by the way, legally over, so I understand, but they'll look at it and make a judgment call and go, oh, this isn't a bomb. Mm -hmm. I know that. Yeah. And then there are some guys that have recently jerked off to Captain America right before their shift, sure. maybe on break. Yeah. And then they look at something that has 3.4 and that is right on the dot. Yeah. And they go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. This feels a little heavy in my hand. You add anything to this? You're like, yeah, I fucking <laughs> broke the plastic seal. I added fucking C4, whatever it is, to my hair product. And then I sealed it back up with my fucking sealing machine at home. I mean, get fucked, dude. It's just, I understand they're doing their job and I understand like whatever. But the amount of guns that make it onto airplanes, I don't know if you've seen the stats. It's wild. Yeah, right? it's a lot. And so it's like, you think I'm going to throw my hair gel at somebody? You think I'm going to squirt the stewardess in the eye with my hair gel and then fucking pound on a locked door that's like the most locked door in the history of the world? Here's a fun little thing that you can do. This is a fun little at-home thing that you can do uh, that can really enlighten your view on the TSA and airport safety. From now on, every time you fly, from now on, yeah. for the rest of your life, okay. go online uh -huh. and look at the banned TSA items. Obviously, stay away from guns and bombs, but you know, maybe put a razor blade in your suitcase, right? Maybe sure. you know a pay, you know a, a box cutter. Maybe put a uh, you know a liquid that's too big. Choose something that won't get you tied to a chair and waterboarded, but. Choose yeah, something that idea. is against the rules. Put it in your suitcase. Try to try to not hide it so it looks like you're hiding it, but bury it in the suitcase. And then see yeah. how often you get to the plane with that item. Because it's yeah, a fucking it's lot. Be a lot. It's a lot. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Wrap it in a t-shirt and then wrap the t-shirt in tinfoil. Yeah. You're still going to make it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I... I deal with the TSA dichotomy every time because I, you know, when you go through and you stand in the, 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 the whirly the spinner x-ray where you have to put your hands above your head. Yeah. The whirly machine that sees your bones, make sure you ain't got no guns next to your bones. Uh, so when I stand next, I'm obviously my hands don't go above my shoulders and there is no less fun travel experience than a, than a person on the other side going, put your hands above your head. And you're going, I can't. They only go this high. Well, just lift them up. Well, they only go this high. That's, it's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, so it's no like, like if you turn and you go, you know, if I gave you a math equation with a letter in it, you know how you can't do that? I can't do this. Yeah. It's the same can't. It's the same meaning of can't. Cannot. So you know how you can't have a meaningful relationship with your son because of your attitude? I can't <laughs> go above my head. The, uh, yeah, the, so I have to get in, I have to opt out every time. So I have to have somebody sure. rub my body up and down every time. And because of autoimmune disease, that, I don't know if I ever told you this, when I got diagnosed, the doctor that finally diagnosed me goes, you know, this is going to be difficult because, uh, you know, 
this is uh this is a silent one of the things that's gonna be hard about it is it's a silent disease and i was like what do you mean he goes well you'll look normal but you'll be suffering on the inside also invisible yeah, you, this is an invisible yeah, exactly. disease you do you think the other doctors who said there was nothing wrong with me were right because you don't know the fucking difference between these that's Ooh, that's a tough yeah. run for you. You know what I respect about you is when someone tells you something's a silent disease, you're like, I'll take the silent out of silent disease. And I will tell everybody, <laughs> Taco Bell, fucking grocery store, meat counter, give me a space and I will fucking tell people. <laughs> you, you have really removed the silent. And I appreciate that about you doing fuck, it for others. Fuck you. And so... <laughs> so... The uh the other but the other thing about him saying that by the way he was like you're gonna look normal and I was like I literally walked out I was like should we send him a picture of what I used to look like Jenna like anyone who saw me five years ago would be like oh my god did you get double AIDS but uh yeah if you if I walked into the office he's like if this is what people think you look like you know if you look like if uh jeff foxworthy's son was a tall like welder yeah that's if that's your baseline they'd be like this guy's pretty fucking healthy right now um but so when i get because the disease is silent when i opt out without fail some fucking guy who doesn't have a good relationship with his son probably i have to go can i opt out and they go what i go can i opt out and they go no and i go i'm disabled and 30 percent of the time no you're not no, you're not. They say that out loud. No, you're not. Right. Uh, and then I have to try to, in the midst of air, airport foot traffic, explain psoriatic arthritis, which always goes awesome because they have a yeah. big medical background there at the TSA. Uh, and yeah, it's like when, when you, they're saying that and you go, you know how you think I'm not disabled? Well, I know you're not a doctor. So let's <laughs> fucking figure this out. So I, uh, I go through and, um, and then I get rubbed down by a man. But the last time I flew, they were training a guy in TSA. So I had a guy, it was wild. I had a guy teaching a guy how to pat a guy down on me. <laughs> and at one point he did, you know, when your son is, I assume is golfing and you want to teach him how to golf. And you're like, you just walk over and you take his hands and you adjust them a little bit on the club. He right. did that. So the guy was going down my chest and he goes, oh, and he took his hand and he turned it and showed him to go down, like as a reminder to go down with the back of his hands. So he, yeah. he sun hand adjusted a trainee on my body at the airport last time I was there. That's, that's pretty wonderful. I, I just got, so on the way back, <clears throat> I have a, a hip replacement, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going through and it makes the thing, the alarm go off, but it's only like one in 20. A lot of the alarms don't go off. Mm -hmm. And so it never, it always makes me feel great when it goes off. Because they'll go, oh, you got to go back through. And I go, I have a hip replacement. And they go, you have a hip replacement? Which makes me feel young as shit. Oh, yeah. And so then I'll go through the whirly bird. And then I'll go out and they go, all right, you got something right here. And I go, yeah, it's a fake hip. And they go, you have a fake hip? I'm like, ah, oh, fuck yeah, dude. And so then they'll go through the procedure. They go, I have to do this. 
First, I'm going to go, they explain the entire procedure to you. I have to go down your chest. I have to check your waistband. I'm going to need you to lift your shirt up when I check your waistband. Then I'm going to go to the front. I am going to have to go up your inseam and I will go over the front of your midsection with the back of my hands. And I always go, do you have to use the back of your hands? That's I always <laughs> ask that question. And then yesterday, this guy was trying to put on the rubber gloves and they kept breaking. And every time they'd snap, I just go, fuck yeah. It was, it was real great. I was making him super uncomfortable because I was already grumpy just from like not sleeping. And so I was like, oh, fuck yeah. And he's like, kept looking at me. It was pretty great. But uh, yeah, I can't imagine you having to deal with that shit. Just like, you know, I want a very light hug. That's what you always tell me. You go, yeah. don't squeeze. Yeah. And then you have these strangers like pushing on certain parts of your body. That's yeah. gotta be fucked up. No, it's super great. And uh, you know me, I wear clothes that, the only clothes that are comfortable for me. So I'm in a hoodie and Lululemons round the clock. Yeah. And uh, if you ever want to touch someone's nut bag, Lululemon is an easy passageway. So they have to go mm -hmm. over, they have to go over your parts. And it's like, Mm -hmm. there ain't no mystery there that is knuckle on nut and we're both very we're both feeling it that's very evident yeah. that's and in jeans yeah. it's like well that's probably where your nuts are in uh in you know in lululemons it's like well i don't i in think the joggers yeah yeah no lumps i think you're good for a while you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to get checked yeah great news we're letting you through and you don't have testicular cancer. We would have felt it. So Huntsville, Alabama, Oklahoma City. So we should we go Huntsville first? I got to tell you something about Huntsville okay. before we keep going. Yeah. So Bargetti's golfing mm -hmm. and then he shows up to the show. Very fun. His wife, Laura's there. It's it's a really fun night because it's just it's comic eccentric. Uh, A.J. Wilkerson did a set. Okay, he sure. uh, is this guy that I met at Limestone. Um, really, really funny guy. And then there were just so many people there. Right. My new my new manager were, was there and um, Brian Dorfman. You got uh, Aaron Weber was down there. Lucy from uh, Nashville Zanies, who now books a ton of shit. I mean, just like it's so fun to see everyone. I've it's known like an actual big time. festival party. Yeah, yeah. And then and then just fucking jelly roll comes out of the green room. And so Yeah, learn uh, as as the resident Dum Dum. As the resident gravel road mongrel, yeah. I feel like just looking at pictures of him, yeah. I feel like I should know more about who this jelly roll character is. But for for and, for me and the other people, let's tell me about the jelly roll. So here's what's interesting. It's like, I think everyone knows because this guy, first time ever, someone has had a top 10 song on country radio and a top 10 song on pop radio. It's the same song. Wow. And so it is, it is crossed over. I texted a picture with he and I to Olivia and she was like, oh, Jelly Roll. And she goes, I saw this thing on TikTok where a little kid couldn't afford tickets and so Jelly Roll like brought him to the concert, brought him backstage, all this stuff. She goes, I have heard he's such a nice guy. And I showed him the text and he was like, oh, dude, that's so sweet. He is so fucking nice and down to earth. His whole band was super cool. Uh, they sweet. sat in the back. You know, a lot of times I would imagine that musicians are like, oh, we're just going to go back to the green room when we're done. 
they sat on the couch in the back backstage and watched everybody and was really complimentary. They were just, it was a super fun night. Super cool dude. He brought his daughter, which, you know, for me, if, if that's you know fun me for you, well, yeah. you know, you know that that's like automatic a plus in my book. Yeah. So, um, just like wanting to tour, but also hang out with your children. So it was, it was fucking great. Man. Yeah. I think if Jeffrey Dahmer would have had a daughter that he brought to trial, you'd have been like, I mean, it's not great what he did, but yeah, he's a, is he a bad guy? He's a bad guy. Good dad. Yeah. Bad good guy. Dad. Good dad. To... Bad guy. Good dad. That yeah. man, if there has ever been new album title, bad, let's get a grandbaby out so we can get bad, bad guy. Good grandpa. The point is, is Jelly Roll a, 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 a rapper singer? That's he's got the vibe of that. When I look at him, he's got the rapper singer vibe. So he's a Nashville dude, right? Mm-hmm. So country music, obviously, he's just born into it, but also grew up listening to hip hop. Mm-hmm. So it is a it is a mixture of that, and I think that's what makes his music so unique. So that so I've I've heard the songs where I'm just like, oh fuck yeah, man, this is this is good because I don't you know that I'm not a huge fan of new country music. I love Texas honky tonk, but then this gives Bikersfield honky tonk. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, you know, Huntsville was great. Huntsville is a weird crowd. I'm going to use the word dichotomy here because we're. Sure. I, I'll go back to it, but it's it's people from Alabama. Yeah, yeah. But then it is also people that move to Huntsville to work for NASA. Nice to see you, Chad. That's a very that's a very different. That's a guy like, hey, what are you? Come on, brother. To like a real norm, a real. That's a very that is a very good use of the word dichotomy, and I'm learning as the show's going. Real quick, circling back to the jelly roll, do you think so? Often, and I'm not saying this isn't deserved, but people catch a lot of heat sometimes. If you were to take aside every word that Kid Rock has ever said when he's not on stage. Right. Okay. Let's well. Let's do this one. This is a more relevant okay. one. Steve Hofstetter. Now, if you are okay. not a comedy person, Steve Hofstetter is a guy who think came up in the Midwest. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. But he pre- he's a he's a um, he's a Pittsburgh guy. Pittsburgh guy. So he yeah, that's right. Came up, uh, built a show on Fox called Laughs that put a lot of comedians on, but there was a lot of. Mm-hmm controversy about how people were paid and on and he's been a divisive figure in the comedy uh field that i don't think you or i have an interaction with or an opinion of any which like we're not in right i think i'm well i I was at a wedding with him and so i've only dealt with him outside of comedy yeah super great guy i've also tell you this when i was in pittsburgh last time the local comedians were like Hofstetter came back and he's building this studio here in town for local comedians to get to go do a, their podcast for free or oh, whatever. Sweet. So this guy, what, whatever he's doing, I'll also tell you that I do know this for sure. He sent me just out of the blue on uh, Venmo $5 and he was like, oh, no, no, sorry, $10. And it was like, have a coffee on us. And so I messaged him back. I'm like, what is this about? And he goes, oh, sometimes we just will randomly pull a name. And we'll send the person ten dollars to just get a coffee on 
on us. We don't expect anything back. And I'm like, oh, all right, that's pretty cool. So I don't, I don't really know the laughs thing and I don't know um, any of the trouble with paying, but I just, I just know what I've heard through other comics. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's me too. I think I interacted him with him once at a show at the Iowa, the Des Moines funny bone a hundred years ago. Never okay. was never involved. Don't know. I know, I know the conversations around it, but not involved. Don't have right. Not involved. Yeah. What I do know it's all hearsay. is he put for years was putting up heckler interaction videos. We're talking. Yes. Comedian he, destroys heckler. Co- that's him. If you've seen the five six seven eight nine i mean it might be longer than that years ago comedian destroys heckler videos those were always him and Mm -hmm. uh people went pretty hard on him about that and now every single one of you guys are doing that on instagram all day long to try to get famous so right it is yeah and i i've done it as well just to let you know so there's i've tried to run for mayor of clip city and i failed miserably so i (laughs) I have, uh, I have, I, I do think the people who shit on him so hard for that, maybe we need to circle, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's just interesting. Same thing with like, I find it interesting, the acceptance of a bunch of the rap country rock guys. Um, mm. You know, when Kid Rock was doing it, uh, it was like, this is the worst music. Kid, The thing with Kid Rock, it was always like, this is the most talentless musician on the planet. This is garbage. And you're like, well, I don't know if talentless is right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that you can play every instrument on the album and be known as talentless musician. So we agree Kid Rock is the greatest musician of all time. You went to New Orleans. Yeah. So listen to everybody knows when, so Bert is becoming like a one name person like Cher. Sure, sure. Right? Because you go, oh, hey, I'm working with Bert. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But you don't know exactly the, I hate to use this, but the, like the machine behind him Mm -hmm. until you go to New Orleans and have a fucking parade in the middle of the day. <laughs> there were people everywhere. The fucking streets were being like, now I don't know how many were there. I do know a lot of them were there because they were like, Bert, what the fuck? And people are holding up their phones and we're just walking down the streets of New Orleans with a police barricade. And we walk for like fucking a mile uh, down the streets of New Orleans. And it's the streets are lined and we're throwing beads, by the way, hit some fucking real good shots with beads way up top on some verandas. We don't need to get into that. But so we have the, the, the our parade. Uh, and it, so when I said before that you're doing these once in a lifetime things on this tour, when the fuck am I going to be in a parade in New Orleans? Right. Only if you get buried so it, there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So at the end of the parade, it was crazy because finally security comes over and goes, guys, we got to go to the vans. We got to go to the vans. We didn't know it was happening, but there was a crime scene in the park right behind us. And they're like, you know, there could be a dead body back there and we're dancing. So maybe let's we're in a city filled with voodoo. Let's get the fuck in the vans. (laughs) So we get in the vans and we found out it was just a tree that had fallen. A 16 year old kid, critical condition, but alive and fine now. Okay. So just to let you know. Okay. 
So cut to the show in New Orleans. And I know I'm doing a lot of the talking, you guys, but no, that's why I don't we're get here. to do this very often. I don't get to go on, on tour like this very often. So we're doing the show in New Orleans. We have been warned by locals that New Orleans crowds, not the greatest, because it's a lot of day drinking and there's a lot of shit to do in New Orleans. And so, you know, you go to Oklahoma City, which where I ended the thing. It's wild because everyone tells you there's nothing to do here. This is fucking awesome. And in New Orleans, they're kind of like, yeah, we came to watch. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So I, I do my Catholic bit. I make fun of Catholic music in this bit. And this guy walks all the way to the front of the stage. He is, I mean, front of the stage. He is nose to nose with a security guard looking at me. And I go, hey, you know, every time they play that song, it doesn't mean communion, right? <laughs> and the crowd, <laughs> the crowd half laughs because I think they're more interested in seeing a fight. I thought it was very funny. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, the crowd funny. only half laughs because they're like, what's going to happen? Because this guy is like, you know, doing the two finger. Yeah, come, come and get here. it. Come I'm and gonna, get he it. He just keeps going. I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Oh, great. He keeps saying, I'm better than you and I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Right. So I just stand there with my head tilted. And Tiffany Haddish said, I looked like a middle school teacher that was just going to let the kids sort it out. <laughs> That's what she said. And I didn't say another word. I just sat there. And I go, hey, man, I think you should go back to your seat. And he goes, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. And I go, well, I, I really think you should go back to your seat. Next thing you know, security guard puts his hand on his shoulder. He flips the hand off. And this whole crowd just goes, boo. They are fucking screaming at this guy. <laughs> and no one in backstage knows what's going on. So every single comedian thinks I have said something that has turned this show on its head. Yeah. And so this is a this is a white guy. He's my age, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Backwards hat, just telling he's me. He's wearing a backwards hat he gets in his sixties? Yeah, in his sixties. It's like, oh, do they have a softball league where you're the catcher yeah. at sixty five? Turn that hat around, and old so man. So they pull him out and I go, Well, where the fuck am I gonna find a voodoo doll with a backwards hat at this hour? And then the crowd is just like <sighs> These things are so crazy because you say that shit in a club with 400 people and you get an applause break. But this is like, I mean, it's fucking wild. The sound that the crowd makes. Yeah. So now the comedians have no idea what's going on backstage. They're like, you went from getting fucking your hair blown back by booze to all of a sudden saying one thing and having a back. It was, I thought it was a super fun show just because of that, but several Dot I, it is a, yeah, no, I just, just keep going. I can't, I can't, uh, okay. you just keep going. I don't, there's, that is an aggressive decision to try to fight someone in that moment. Was he, do you think he was drunk? I mean, obviously, or well, I think he was wasted. Oh, okay. Okay. So this was a little sloppy. I was curious how coherent he was during that decision. Yeah, I th I don't think he I think he was pretty drunk okay. and I also think I mean I considered for just a second and I know this doesn't mean anything cuz I didn't do it but I did picture in my head me just running full speed off stage and leading with the crown of my head to his teeth 
just to be like the funniest fucking thing anyone's ever seen at a comedy show. <laughs> and then, and then him missing teeth, just flipping me over and fucking ground and pound. And there's no tapping out because there's no refs. Dude. And you, I don't think they'd have let this happen because of insurance and liability issues. But can you imagine the environment had you gone? Cause you're standing there looking with your head tilted everybody's going nuts right this whole thing is happening and then all of a sudden you just go let him up and they let him on stage and you in front of this crowd that you would be a, that's uh, being a gladiator you're a gladiator you in front of an arena full of people get to fight a man now do you win i don't know but i don't know either in that arena, I don't know how often in the gladiator arenas, because I haven't learned enough about the gladiator vibe to know how often it was the entire crowd, including who was ever there with this guy on your side, like 100% to zero in a fight. Uh, and either yeah. way, it turns out you whoop that guy's ass. I mean, it is the that is the arena environment of a lifetime. He beats right. your ass. It's just very interesting to watch 10,000 people watch the guy they were rooting for get beat to a pulp. Either way, it's very yeah. interesting. I mean, and you think I'm not putting that clip up, Heckler Destroys Comedian? You're fucking crazy. I would rename I would rename myself Chad Hofstetter. I'd be like Heckler destroys comedian. I just come up with a fucking just bumblebee sting face. Just like, hey guys, I wanted to review the just puffy on every spot. I look like fucking Rocky Denison from Mass. Here's the point where he, I was unconscious, but he chose to keep punching my head. <laughs> yeah. You, you you can see my legs go straight up. And that's when I had lost any will to live. And he kept hitting me in my temple. And that's why I talk like this now. He, would, he wouldn't stop. And you can see the security. By the way, there's a fucking security guards at this place. They hire them from the same place. They get Walmart greeters. It is like, I don't know if, if there's an ex, over 70 fucking extras casting agency. But it is no one that's going to stop him. I'm just telling you that right now. It is fucking old men that it takes a while for them to get out of the seat, right? They have their legs crossed. They have to use their hands to uncross their legs. It's like watching you get up. It fucking sucks. So See, this is the part. This is the part where it seems like he's done beating me, but and I'm twitching. <laughs> but now he's gonna headbutt me, and it's pretty bad. As you can see. I don't make any defensive moves as he rears his head back to hit me once again in the nose. It was wild. Can we please uh, keep around? <laughs> that That may be my favorite character in the history of this show is the version of Chad that's being beaten to death by a heckler. You can see here yeah. he's reaching into his pocket and you might be worried it's for a gun, but it's not. <laughs> he just was reaching into his pocket to get a phone to take a picture of my beaten face. <laughs> just wild shit. And, but, but here was the weird thing. So I haven't thrown a punch in 17 years. Everybody knows that that's mm -hmm. listened to this for a long time. Mm -hmm. And 
I thought to myself, the, the, the security guard had not even stood up yet. Mm-hmm. And he is eyeballing the height of the stage and he's kind of looking at how he's going to get up. But I know in order to get up, the stage is maybe eight feet. So he's going to have to run and jump and then plant both of his hands on the stage to push himself up in like a dip kind of position. So he needs a huge vertical and gymnast abilities. Well, I just think, yeah, he's maybe it was six feet, but he's going to need to push himself up, which is going to leave his head completely yeah. exposed and on a fucking kicking stand right that's what i was just gonna and say so that's the one thing that's going in my head i'm like if this fucking guy comes up here <laughs> do i let him come all the way up or do i just kick him in the fucking face in front of ten thousand people <laughs> and then just have the longest trial in the history <laughs> of assault cases where they just have to keep bringing in everyone individually. All the witnesses. And then my only defense is, well, I assumed he knew he was going to get kicked in the face that night. That's the only explanation for his backwards hat. I have no fucking idea. (laughs) Can, Can you? So real question then. Had he done that? Cause that is, that is a very, if the security guards are that old and he's going to, cause here's the thing. That's when somebody makes that move, to go to the stage, right? Like if he's going to mm-hmm. run, jump, hands up, pump himself up on the stage, that is going to happen really quickly. And the moment he's up on stage, the fight is going to happen really quickly. So it's you don't have sure. a lot of time. It's not like you can debate the pros and cons legally and you know financially of kicking a guy in the face in front of 10,000 people. Again, I think you never get a crazier reaction. There is like the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl. The Vikings could kick a game winning Super Bowl in U.S. Bank Stadium at like a Super Bowl in Minnesota. And I still don't think the reaction would be you punting this guy's face in a comedy arena. I don't think it's even close. I know. But I fucking know it would have been crazy. But real question. I don't know that I could kick a human being in the head. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you. I was that. just going to say real I question. I don't think I have that have in it. me. Yeah. But it did go through my head. It's like, that's the move. I just don't think that I could do it. See, I, I think I would rather get punched in the face a bunch of times than kick a human being in the face. Because then he falls back or his fucking tongue's out and he hits his chin. I didn't have any of these thoughts. But afterwards, I'm like, Hits his chin on the thing, maybe somehow fucking breaks his neck or something. I don't know. Bites I his just, tongue off. I think the middle ground is you get. Well, here's the thing: if he's pumping himself up, he's probably waist up above the stage. So I think you just kick him right in the fucking chest. I think you go like, and not, <laughs> and I still think it's a punt. Like I think you catch him like ribs, sternum type stuff. It's not like a Bruce Lee to the side kick. It's a, it not, I ain't one of them karate kicks, but I still, I, th- I still think you punt him, but you go sternum. You get the effect. You don't hurt him as hard. You get the roar of the crowd and you're safe. That to me is a win. I think you go, yes, you're right. You wait till he rises up a little higher. Yes. And then you baseball slide two foot. Oh, just yeah. fucking flip. Oh, the baseball. He goes slide. flying back. The crowd goes crazy. I roll my sleeves up and I go, Ooh, yeah, I'll snap into a Slim Jim. And the place, the fucking roof of this place is destroyed. It opens up. You can see the heavens. Smoothie King Center destroyed by comedian. 
It is fucking insane the kind of stuff that would have happened. But he never came up. He just got arrested and brought to jail and probably not fucked. And <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on. Which, by the way, I by the way, given what he was mad about, probably not his first time. Oh, my how the tables have turned. I stepped into the fray. Just so you guys know, had you forgotten... I was talking about the Catholic Church, so let's bring it on back to Cy, who always backs away from the microphone when I make these jokes. I don't. And now he's talking a, straight butt fucking. That's I, not I say fair. Kid that is you. I feel similar to so you about to the Memphis. Catholic Church. So then we're off. You're to the enemy, though. I'm just the supporter of the enemy. You're the Batman. I'm the, the Robin. The you don't see Robin yeah. out there like talking to Bruce or talking to what's the fuck, Alfred. Robin's just... I don't know. Did you call me Fat Man? Listen, so we're off to Memphis. Okay. Memphis is an important city to me because Olivia and I went there and we had one of the greatest trips that, that we have had. I mean, we did like a whole tour. Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was a blast. But Memphis was great because we went to um, the Civil Rights Museum. It is the old motel where MLK Jr. was assassinated. It is fucking exhausting emotionally. And but we had such a uh, like a great talk afterwards about everything, and then we went to Graceland. Elvis, huge influence, uh, obviously in my music. Just kidding, but Elvis huge is uh, huge you know, influence in the way your body is transformed over the years. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. So I get to this. It's so fucking hot in Memphis, and I can't find the inside bathroom, and I have to do my morning bathroom stuff. Sure. And so I go and I find. Um, one of the public restrooms in the ballpark, but it's an open bar. It's so fucking hot in the bathroom. I'm sitting on the toilet and flop sweating oh. and just thinking like, well, this is it. What if I'm the second guy to die in a toilet in Memphis? You think that's not going to go all around the world? It's going to be amazing. Um, but one of the things, so I, I opened my set by singing Elvis Mm -hmm. In front in Memphis, in front of a ballpark full of people, mm -hmm. that was which song? so fucking cool. Uh, it was Lonesome Tonight, but I only sang the last part, okay, because I didn't want to obviously keep going. But man, oh man, that felt great. John and Nicole were there. Oh, that's almost, fun! It was like second row, yeah. It was uh, it was really fun to see them. Awesome to see, you know, obviously familiar faces wherever you go. But so Memphis was really really fun. Uh, then we go to. Um, Oklahoma City mm -hmm. and Oklahoma City they had these horses that you had to put your feet on these pedals almost not like a bike you had to push them down at the same time and it would make the horse make an inchworm motion which would then propel it forward right real horse sense? fake horse oh fake horse that's important yeah. yeah fake horse and so I'm obviously I, I have this this little bit of blood pump from singing Elvis, like going off book and just doing like open mic shit in front of 10,000 people, which is mm -hmm. really silly. Mm -hmm. And I go, hey, do you think we could get that horse on stage? Because yeah. it's only been ridden around the back. And so I'm like, I like, I want to go, I want to be introduced and then I want to ride it on stage. And so they, <laughs> Sypha Sounds introduces me and I just fucking ride this horse <laughs> on stage to Oklahoma City and they start cheering. And then I put my thumbs in my front belt loops. And I fucking walked over like I had spurs on. And I go, how do y'all? 
and the place just went bah. I'm gonna I'll, I'll post the video on my Instagram but uh man I'm that Chad Daniels that Chad Daniels.com but this tour it's like shit you're never gonna get to do and so it was just absolutely fucking wild I mean I'm telling you such a small amount of people get to get to perform for these numbers. Yeah. And so to get asked to do it, and this is what I mean about, about Bert. If you ask people that open for me, they will tell you, what's your least favorite thing about Chad? And he's like, oh, he says like, uh, opener does 14, uh, middle guy does 22. It's just because I don't want to get on stage after a fucking ton of comedy because mm-hmm. I don't want the people to be tired. Mm-hmm. Bert asks people that he knows are funny to come do this show and he gets on stage three hours into the show and then does a fucking hour. And people are so into it still. And so it's just, it's it's a really selfless thing. Um, and so I, I know his nuts have been fluffed enough by me, but it, it it it's only because I'm always impressed by people that can do things I can't do. And I just think that is so wild to invite that kind of thing and put this on this thing on, it's got to be so exhausting, except for the other comedians that are on the tour. It's nothing but fun. Just and, have the time of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And this crew is working nonstop. I mean, his crew, listen, I, I was being so, I, so uncomfortable because they're on their phone and they're not on their phone doing leisure things. They're not checking their Instagram. They're on their phone texting the other parts of the crew to make sure this thing is running like a well-oiled machine. And then you go... You say something like, hey, is there coffee down here? And they'll be like, oh, I'll go get you some. It's like, no, yeah. fucking stop. Just tell me where the coffee is. Yeah. I'm a, my legs still work. They're not always going to, but they do now. So just tell me where it is and I can go get it. They're like, no, 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 your, your talent. There's nothing that makes me cringe harder than when people say your talent. Because it's like, oh, my grandma's going to hear this and she's going to crawl out of her grave and come slap me in the face. Please let me go get the coffee. But the crew just won't, they, they won't allow it. It is so wild. I mean, it's, I'll tell you this, I'm going to Denver is my next trip and I'm going to Comedy Works South, which is one of the best run clubs in the country. Yep. And it's still, I'm going to be like, really? Wow. You're fucking ignoring me. It's going to take me a while to, to get climb back, to back into the real world. Yeah. The, uh, I think that, I think you're right about that's that. That's kind of full circle on what you said at the beginning of reinventing, right? Because I, I yeah. think the reason I don't think anybody says that about you. I think most headliners, the way comedy has worked forever and the just the audience expectation in a club is the hour and a half or so show. And with a check drop sure. and with people's evening, like people go to a comedy show with a certain expectations. And so I think the fact that they are coming to this with more of a music festival expectations and yeah, yeah and, I suppose that's right. And he's pulling it off is reinventing yeah. the wheel in that way that is pretty cool and uh yeah, and I would say pretty meaningful. So I yeah, I think it's I think it's great, man. I could listen to you. It's going to be hard for me to go back to doing stand up after listening to you talk <laughs> about this. And you know what's wild? If, if you know Bert and you know, you know, he talks about Leanne all the time, his wife, and his kids are on tour too, and they're actually working. They're working throughout the day and going on stage with him and shit. It's really interesting. But Leanne is, I would guess, and I, I'm so sorry if this is 
offense, but I think she's my my age, around my age, mm-hmm. maybe a little younger, but like my real age, right? Not my, not my podcast age, mm-hmm. my real age. And so, but she has this motherly thing. She's a Southerner and she has this motherly thing. Even people that are her age, she's like, oh, sweetheart, can I get you anything right now? Mm-hmm. It is so fucking adorable. And you never feel like, you know, e- even when there's all this stuff going on and you're tired and, and, you know, you drank too much the night before or you ate too much and you have the meat sweats or whatever it is, you see her and she'll just grab your wrist and be like, is everything going okay today? You're yeah. like, oh, God damn it, Leanne. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was really something else. There is nothing on that tour where you go, well, it could have used this. Yeah. Nothing. Zero. Absolutely nothing. And by the way, if there is a comedian that says, well, it could have used this, fuck you. No, what are you used to? There's no fucking way. I'm used to having a guy turn another guy's hand while he rubs that hand down my chest at the airport because I need to go to Atlanta to perform in front of 16 people. Uh, so listen, um, as you know, Kevin Bozeman, friend of the show, we're both huge fans. Yes. He has a special out on YouTube right now. Yep. And uh, you, you have to go watch. It's called God's Work. Please look it up. Please go watch it. It is so funny. It's Kevin Bozeman at his best. I mean, this guy just keeps like getting, 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 getting better. And then also, uh, you know, Ranta Claus. Oh, you know, you know, Re- Ranta Claus. Binoculars. You know him. Uh, Rand Barnaclo has a podcast called Ran So Far. Please uh, check that out. You're already in the podcast app. Just fucking search it and go listen to it. Come on, bruh. Scott, you know who he's got? It's Ran So Far with Blake. And uh, it's Blake Hammond, oh, nice. who is fantastic. Really, oh, he is such a good joke. Really, writer. really. Funny. I mean, good performer and all that shit too. But I'm saying, like, joke writer. Yep. Yowza. Really, really good. Uh, it's very fun. Yeah. It's very ran. Um, and yeah. don't message us about the theme song, please. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.